On today's episode, Dave interviews Peter Morita. Peter is a two-time Emmy Award-winning producer and writer, and he was the executive producer for Disney's hit, The Wizards of Waverly Place. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. I was the guy who, if someone was wronged, if it was me or anyone, I was, like, right with you. And I've, in my lifetime, I've been the guy running up the hill to help Dave Rzowski, who's been wrong, to look back and go, where the hell is Dave Rzowski? <laughs> Fucking all alone up here, and my back's been cut off. Like, what happened? You know? Okay. Like, I, I had a friend, I have a friend who um, isn't even in this business anymore. His name is Jason. Okay. And, uh, uh, yes. Jason. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we went to a basketball game recently. I took him to the Clippers game, and we mm-hmm. were talking, and uh, he was telling me he went to the sort of a christening or something of this mutual friend of ours. And, and I was like, oh my gosh. And this mutual friend of ours is a director and a, a, a screenwriter. And, uh, uh, and I was like, you're friends with him. And he goes, yeah. And I go, that's the guy that screwed you over so many times. Mm-hmm. And you told me about it so many times that when I finally met him, I was already, like, I, before I'd even shook the guy's hand, I was like, well, you're no good, man. Right. And I said, and now, like, 15 years later, I find out that you guys are really tight. And I never fostered a relationship with that guy at all because I was like, you know what? <laughs> Screw that guy. You know? And, and I guess you laugh now and you just go, okay, that's who I am. Well, but it's, how many friends do you have? That, that, but as you get older, you go, that's your relationship with that that's guy. That's it. That's not my relationship that's with that right. guy. That's right. And, and I think probably, I don't know, but I would imagine being a parent is another one of those things where you're looking back and watching someone's reaction to something yeah. as opposed to getting involved in it. Just going, yeah. okay, what am I going to, what's happening here? Because the guiding that you now give yours, the guiding that you give the guiding that you give your son is the guiding that you need to give yourself, which is step away from Always. what it is that you're doing, look at what it is that you're doing, Always. and just go, what are my choices here? Always. Isn't that Always. cool? Always. Always. Yeah, always. And, and uh, you know, and the metaphor for me is just because I've got the oldest one that plays ball is just, you know, there's the parent that stands behind the backstop and tells their child what they're doing wrong in a very meaningful, helpful way to that person. To, which, help, to the person that's, that's voicing it. They're helping. Right. They think. They right. want to help. Right. And, and then, you know, there's the parent who goes down by the foul pole and, like, uh, hangs out down there mm-hmm. and just watches from a distance and is excited. Right. You know? And so I... I I've just been, like a fan would be. Yeah. Right. And I've been all parts of that. You right. know, I used to coach him, and then... Um, and, and now I... Uh, I get to be the guy that just kind of watches. How does that uh, how, how does that filter over into the industry work that you do? Into the, because because you're 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 uh, you've had you've come up with how many shows? Three. Three shows, and so there's a lot of you having your hands involved and then letting other people take what yeah. it is that they need to take. Yeah. Or yeah. do what it is that they need yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the the, the blessings of improv and one of the blessings of the training that I got like I don't even notice when that happens I only notice it I you only notice, notice it, when it happened or when I, it happened I don't even notice when you take a project and suddenly you invite all the people on the boat oh Jesus that's okay everybody no everybody right now everybody's uh, that's Richard label I gotta get label into every show oh because it's your birthday yeah he's calling me uh hi <laughs> 
Hey, listen, be on the podcast. Say hello. Oh, you don't want to say anything. Um, I'm here with Peter Marietta. Uh, he's wearing a baseball cap and uh, a and, and nighty. I'll talk to you later. Okay, I'll call you when I'm done. Okay, okay, happy birthday. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Um, well, I was saying that, um, oh, I don't even notice when it shifts gears from like a solo idea or a solo project into like all these people that are helping. Like I, the transition's fairly seamless. Right. To me. Right. I only really notice it when I'm working for someone else mm -hmm. or I'm working with someone who gets tight and starts to ask the questions, right? And then the I questions, and th When you say the questions, you're putting the, the you're putting uh, uh, parentheses around the? Yeah. Yeah, the questions, and those questions are ego-based questions? Do you some, what I mean? Some, some, yeah. some are ego-based, some are, some are fear, mostly fear-based. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, we're gonna invite That's these what other I mean. people in. Fear-based yeah, yeah. is ego-based. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And right. it's gonna be, what, what do we, you know, is this gonna be okay? Right. Is it okay that everybody's got an opinion? Is it okay? Do you these know? people have, are these people young people, or are they, they're mostly, mostly I'm inexperienced, or they could be anybody? Could be anybody. Could be anybody. There's people that are wildly successful that have never, let go. Never and let then, go. Yeah, there's wild. What, what are they not letting go? Uh, the feeling that they've got to control it all. Got it. Got it. And they're great at it. You know, right? What? Aaron Sorkin writes every word of every show he ever does. And people say every word of every show. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah, I think so. I think so too. And you know, that's one way to go about it. Right. I would feel so much pressure. Like, I already feel pressure, but I would feel so much pressure if there was no one else helping. <laughs> like, my own self-esteem and self-loathing kick in at some point where I'm like, well, I don't want it to be all mine. Because, man, if it doesn't work, and she's I really only have myself to blame. Right. I would rather, I'd rather spread this around. This would be a lot easier. But it's also you spread it around as far as, you, you spread it around as thin as you want. You're in yeah, charge of how yeah, thin yeah. you spread that yeah, around. Yeah, And And I think that there still needs to be a viscosity of responsibility, yes, which is the name of yeah. my next book, The Viscosity of Responsibility. That's really great, because those are two words, one of which I know what it means. <laughs> right. And that's viscosity. The? Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> but only from uh, car work. Only from car work. Exactly. Oh, car work. Oh, yeah. my God. And, and look at your car oh. you've got a beautiful you have two beautiful cars i have a couple i have a 64 lincoln right a lincoln suicide Where's door the lincoln? lincoln it's in storage have i seen it you may have a couple of times it's very fragile uh-huh it's all original so it doesn't come out often where is it it's uh it's at this storage facility but it's not in your garage here no no uh -huh. and then i've got the my my grandfather's cars that right you're talking about right the, well there was got... a plymouth valiant that my grandfather bought new in 1975 right. And then when he passed, I got the car, and I dropped a gigantically ridiculous engine in it because I'm saving the environment. And uh, and I took all the chrome off it, and it just looks like a, a hot rod. But you also painted it too. I did. You, it, what was the original color? It was white with a maroon vinyl top. It was an old man call. It's what is flat black. <laughs> <laughs> With no chrome, the bumpers have been put turned black, and the, right, yeah, it's gorgeous. Wait, it's, isn't it? Didn't you have like a like a cop car? I still have that. That's, That's what I drive every day. That's the command. What's it called? It's called a Marauder. A Marauder. I was and I say still commander. drive it every day. It's right. still a cop car. It's, it's a great car. It's a great car. <laughs> it's a great car. And I tell people that are like concerned about, you know, the environment. I'm like, I'm just trying to do my part to make things worse faster. <laughs> 
<laughs> to put pressure on the young people right, right. to come you up with a solution. Come on, you, you got to do something about it. Come on. But there's also you're recycling. I'm, you're yeah. recycling. You are. You aren't. I am. You're right. Buying the new cars. You're right. You're right. You That's know? a ten-year-old car. That's a ten-year-old. Well, at least the ten-year-old car. I mean, the the newest one is ten years old. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I don't. And other people are going like, I got. I need a new car. I need my new Audi. I got to get my new Audi. Right. 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 And you must see a lot of people who like get new cars every couple years. Every couple. Every couple years. Every couple years. Yeah. But you also have another car. You got the family car. My son. Yeah. I have the family car. The Volvo. But my son said the other day I was dropping it off, dropping him off at his, uh, you know, Westside High School, and he said, uh, you know, one of his buddies was like, you know, your dad's got like the coolest shitty car ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the cop car, right? Because it's in Westside and people drive very nice vehicles. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, okay. When's, I, when's he gonna drive? Uh, he's 16. He turned 16. So what, uh, what does that mean? Because uh, uh, when Sunday. I'm but I know. Well, he. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm literally he asking. He is illegally allowed to drive. Uh huh. Legally, he can drive. He was um, learning some academic responsibilities that made Elise and I feel he should wait a little while. Got it. Wow, that's really. And a good we're way getting. To put that. And we're right up on it now. He's done doing much better. And, uh huh. Uh, you know, what's that like to be able to, because uh, to let, uh, boy, parenting and the industry and what we do for a living yeah. is all tied in because you got to go, when do I let go? And we go keep going back to that. Yeah. And when you have a 16 year old and a car, are you kidding? I know. I know. Well, I've been preparing him for his whole life. Like, I've been for preparing that. him for his whole life. But you've been preparing him for his whole life. For, for his whole life. But for driving. <laughs> right. Because he played baseball down in, uh, uh, South Central, there was a park we used to go to. Mm -hmm. For years and years, we played Little League up in Echo Park, mm -hmm. and we played in El Monte. And we would go to these places, and uh, and I remember some parents feeling like, well, we're going to Compton to play ball. Like, that's, you know, is that okay? And I was like, well, I'm sure it is. Right. It's a blue-collar bedroom community, and right. people work there. I'm sure it's fine. Right. Um, and so I've always told him, you know, like, I want you to be the one of your friends when you can drive that's not afraid to go anywhere. Right. Because it's a big city. Right. And I'm like, don't be afraid to go anywhere. Be smart about where you are and when you're there, but, you know, don't be afraid. <sighs> that's but just... That's, so... you know... It's... I, there's, there's an improv lesson there as well. To go into it. Uh, Edie McClure was here yesterday. Uh-huh. And she was saying... Mrs. Marv Mendenhall. Oh Do you know God. that? Oh, my God. Yeah, right? Right. Dude, David Letterman's morning a, show. I, I know she so told long. she told the David Morning. Oh. She told stories about that. Good, good. But she was saying her brother was an improviser and up in San Francisco with all the committee people. Oh, the committee. So people, she goes yeah, yeah. up to there just to see from Kansas City, Missouri. She she flies out there to visit her brother. She's in the audience, and um, oh, what's his name? He was in Cheers. He was the guy Wilson, Paul Wilson. Oh, Paul Wilson. So Paul Wilson yeah. was in in that group. Yes. And the Pitchell Players they're called. And Paul Wilson was in that group. And Paul Wilson said. Um, why don't you come up and improvise with us? He goes, I have no idea what, what I'm doing. And he goes, well, just do the next logical thing, which I think is great. <laughs> <laughs> do the next logical thing. Yeah. And what she said was, she said, um, I said, well, when I watch her play, her improvise, when I watch Edie improvise, there's just such a buoyancy and a joy to it all. And she said, if I look f afraid, I'm going to make my partner look afraid. If I walk into it feeling confident and joyful, that's what's going to happen. And so when you say to your son, I want you to be able to go anywhere, that's what that, in my mind, sure that's what it that is. means. Sure it is. And, you know, I think 
for me, like, I was always more of a writer than a performer, but I always felt like um, those lessons just continue to be taught to you if you look for them, you know? Like, one of the things, I spent the last two years up in Vancouver shooting a show, so I was away from my family, and, you know, and I'm, I don't drink, and so I don't go out, and so I would find myself on weekends just kind of wandering around Vancouver, mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't think anything of it at all. Like, right. you just wander out. I'm at a museum in the middle of the day, then I walk by and I go, oh, uh, uh, Andy Kindler's performing at this place tonight. I think I'll buy a ticket and go, you know? And then in the beginning of the week, when you talk to people back at work and they ask you what you did and you start to tell your weekend, they find you incredibly adventuresome and almost eccentric. And you're like, well, I just left the house <laughs> and like stuff happened and then I found myself somewhere. Like, I'm not, I don't have to answer anybody. Right. So I'm just sort of falling out of bed, literally into the city and wandering around. Right. But to them, they're like, oh, you didn't plan it and did you get online and get tickets? And I was like, oh, I, you know, no, I went to the Canucks game. I was in right. front of the thing and the guy was there and he said, you want to buy a ticket? And I was like, all right. And it's interesting also because there's so many times where you go, no, I can't do that because I have to be at the place later on. Yes. And you go, no, I could do that. Yes. And I do have to be at the place yes. later on, but there's an hour and a half between the thing and the oh, place later on. I'll give, you, I'll give you two great examples of that. One, <clears throat> my wife uh, was picking someone up, picking one of the boys up at the school, and she got there early, and he was not going to be ready for a while, and she had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And she called me, and she's like, now I'm frustrated because he didn't call and tell us, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, well, that's why I always have stuff to do. Right. <laughs> like, I always bring stuff to do. Like, I don't know. I don't know how long I'm going to be somewhere. Right. Well, you got you got an iPad before many people that I knew had an iPad. Yeah. And I was going, oh, who needs one of those? No one needs one of those. <laughs> no one does. No one needs one of those. You no. have one of those. And now I have one of those. Yes, you do. And I, you also talked about Evernote. And I'm like, how would I ever use Evernote? And now it's like, I think I better Evernote that. <laughs> yes. I have yes. Evernote food which is you take a recipe that you and like. And put it in? And put it in into Evernote, and then it syncs into this Evernote food app. Which tells you what you need? It tells you buy? everything. Oh my God, It's that's stupid. Great. That's but great. the idea of always having something to do, there's also the idea, like the other side of that, which is, can't you just be? But yesterday, yeah. I was yeah. on my way somewhere. Oh, I went to see the moth. Do you ever want go to the mall? Yes. Um, I've been a little obsessed with going. I, I yeah. put my name in once, but for the most part, I'm just watching people. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm really early. I got nothing to do. Why didn't I bring my iPad? What's wrong with me? And then I thought, just fucking yeah, yeah, be there. Yeah, yeah. Just be yeah, there. Yeah. Now, this all sounds really healthy, what we're talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, and I don't think it, I think it bears saying, and I'm sure I can only speak for myself. For you. I, I was about you. to say, whatever you're about to say, I'm going to say for you. Okay. But I would say it in a good way. You know, I support you. I'm just as crazy and anxiety ridden as anybody. Yes. And I'm sure the I, same. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, you have those moments. And, like, so, so one of the things I'm trying to do is, even though I have responsibilities to people and jobs and things here, is like I'm still trying to take that little bit of, like, every day I go for a walk somewhere. And I've been doing it when I drop the kids off and I go to a different neighborhood. So that's my version of, like, just be here. Like, right. I, a couple of weeks ago, I'd never been in the Venice Canal. So I've lived here almost 20 years. Really? So I went down and walked the Venice Canal. It's pretty cool. It was really cool. It's really cool. And then cool. afterwards, and it was great. It was lovely and beautiful. And like any great neighborhood, uh, when I walk it, I end up on Zillow. And I'm like, well, how much would it cost to buy here? Right. And, uh, and then later in the day, I was telling the story to somebody. They go, well, I'm just glad you went now because in the summer, that place smells. 
<laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> they haven't really figured out the irrigation and the drainage yet. Okay. Um, uh, I I love the neighborhood that we live in because Peter yeah. lives just around the corner, and I love this neighborhood I so too. much. I do too. Boy, I was I was t- I was walking. So I'm I'm just house sitting, uh, dog sitting this dog, yes. and um, I'm walking. And when your dog's sitting, the dog just and the thing about about a dog, especially a little terrier like that, is they just check everything out yeah. and it slows you down. You yeah. have a terrier. Or no, no, you have a... We have a, a, a you, Cotan... You have a dog with hair, something. not fur. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they slow you down, and it makes you really take a look at everything that's going on. It's like having a child that's yeah. just learning how to walk. You're like, well, can we go already? And you're like, yeah. no. Well, just, just this morning, I walked I walked uh, Sunset uh, from La Brea to uh, uh, Crescent Heights, up to Hollywood, back down to La Brea. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's a and, nice walk. Yeah, yeah. It's a couple miles, two yeah. and a half miles. And... I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard, uh, two buildings maybe from the temple where my kids go to school, mm-hmm. right? Go to Sunday school. And I'm constantly dropping them off, picking them up. And I'm walking, and I walk by, and I see this like apartment building. It's got hedges, and you walk in, it's got these two big bay windows. And I'm like, oh my God, that looks like someone's old mansion that turned into apartments. And I kept going, and, and I was like, that's interesting. I wonder how it all works in there. And then I keep going, and I'm almost to the end of the block, and I'm like, well, why don't you go look? Is it Hollywood Boulevard? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, well, why don't you go look? It's in the like, back. Yeah, when are you going to be back here again? Right. So I turned around, because I was like, well, yeah, no one's stopping me. Right. It's only right. my, my crazy, like, i got to keep 14-mile pace going. Right, right, so right, right. So I went back and looked. Right. And Hollywood and what? Curson. Mm, uh, Let's say Curson. Uh-huh. And I immediately figured out that the windows are... Uh, Easily accessible with a stepladder, so I may go back and steal stuff later. Yeah. Right? Well, no, I, now everybody knows that yeah. all that you need is a stepladder. It's just a simple step. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. And I love walking around an old city, and I love the idea of just slowing down. And I know that I'm present, I'm more present when I'm able to look at buildings as opposed to just look at the sky. You're driving yeah. in your car, and you're looking at the sky, and you're going, rah, 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 instead of like pulling it down and going, oh, okay, I'm noticing yeah. things that are going by. Yeah. And this neighborhood is awesome for that. Yeah, it is. Because every building on your block is different. Different. Every single building, yeah. and every building on this block. I know from my block, like from one corner of the block to the end of this block, every building was built, uh, like, I want to say between 1930 and 1940. I think so. My house was originally built in 1921. Right. So this whole area, you don't have those buildings. I, you know, The I 70s? Just, the the 70s yeah. building. And I just couldn't live like that. Yeah. And somebody told me. Uh, when I first came out here, and I think that's true of no matter where it is that you are, you've got to love where you live. If you don't love where you live, you don't want to come home. You're not going to feel grounded. And you guys did a major reno on your Huge, house. huge, huge. Second story. Right. Uh, we got an architect. We did some design elements. We right. did that modern wing that's in the back that right. kind of juts like out. A, right. It looks like a ship. Yeah. Um, it's. The, but it, what we did was we tried to keep the character because it's a Spanish house. So what we did, the image that our architect had was if somebody took like a mid-century modern house with a corrugated metal roof and a crane and just like swung it and jammed it into the back of the house. Right, right. So, and then once it's there, we kept all the tile and all the Spanish elements. But you also blanketed your house in awesome greenery. Oh my gosh, yes. You just blanketed it in greenery. And I'm going to go back to the idea of uh, like you saying, why not to that? Okay. To say, 
Why not do that? Yeah. You know, where you go, yeah. well, we want to do this to our house. What are our possibilities? Why not? It's the same sort of thing. We're going, I'm going to go to a Canucks game. Right. And, you know, right. on well, a different that, level. The, well, the, the vegetation is a perfect example of having to have patience more, more than I ever thought I would have. Because when we first planted it, I was like, I don't understand. And we have this side porch that has this little retaining wall. Mm -hmm. And it's not really that private, but it's there. Right. And now it's my favorite place in the house because it's the, I call it the jungle porch because you come out the doors and there's a glider there and I can oh, hear everybody cool. in the neighborhood. Right. And, they, and it's not so overgrown like I can see and it's just very lovely out it's, there. I, I really love it, LA. Really I was nice. talking to, to Ben over here, our sound mm -hmm. engineer, about how much I just love, I love I it here. Do you remember when we lived back in Chicago? Mm -hmm. I used to hear of people coming out here for pilot season and then coming back. Yeah. And I always hear about how terrible it is. Yeah. Yeah. From one guy in particular. Yeah. <laughs> but but almost everybody, but one guy in particular. And and uh, and I got out here and I like a year or two in and I was struggling and I still am struggling. Right. I mean everyone's struggling right. at some point. And, right. Uh, it's so good to hear everyone's but struggling. Oh my god. That's they so are. True. Everyone's struggling. I know. Uh, I just saw my accountant. Like, okay. <laughs> and uh, but 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 back to that point, like it took me two years of being out here, and then I was like, you know what I think? I think L.A. is pretty awesome, and I think you have to separate your career and the status of your career from the city. Right. Because the city is pretty neat. Right. You can go get downtown and get lost. You can, you can Venice, we talked about, the right. beaches. It's just a really cool city. Um, if, uh, you around, the, if you walk around, if you walk around, the same thing as Venice in the summer, you, the stink. Oh yeah, 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 anyway, yeah. But if you walk around, keep right. going. And you, know, you just you, you 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 if you walk around equating it with your career, yeah, I can totally see how right. that. I I can see it. I can see how it gets entwined. But that's anywhere you go. Of course, anywhere you go, you go Paris, you go. Oh my God, oh my God. You know yeah. how am I gonna how am I gonna learn French and, and get a right. sitcom in Paris? It's like right. shut up, you're in Paris. You dude. would do good there though. With that. I think I would do good. You'd be very funny there. Uh, and that's not to say you're not funny here. No, 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 no. But funny in a French way. Yeah. I think people would look at me and go, a nose like that? He's Parisian. Start talking to me, asking yeah. me directions and shit. Or you'd become their idea of an American. Right. <laughs> Expat, funny guy. And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then everybody you know would love I Americans. Do? I remember you wearing a beret in Chicago. I think I you picked that back up again. You could I love beret that there. beret. Somehow it didn't fit my head anymore. I'm like, did I get... I thought it made you look a little affected, but not as affected as my Spike Lee hat that I wore everywhere. Right, <laughs> right, right. But you're saying affected like it's a bad thing. I don't know. You oh, good, took good. it that way. <laughs> I did. I did. I put us both in the <laughs> realm of like, what can I wear today that will make people think of me a certain way? We both did that. Oh, clearly. And I had uh, my friend Al Rose. He's Al, Al, Al's like the hat guy. Yeah. And it's like, wow. And I look at somebody and go, look at hats. I wonder where I look like in a hat. Look at a hat. He's yeah. got great hats and great shoes. Yeah. He has great shoes, and you go, and made me go, shoes. One thing about guys in shoes, I think, I, I'm gonna make a generalization here. Please. Uh, guys in shoes, for me, I used to think, look at you going, what do I need? Well, I don't need those shoes, I don't need those shoes. And now I'm looking at going, I'm gonna buy those shoes and figure out an event to play, to wear them at. Does that make sense? Yes. As opposed to the other way around. Here's me like, in shoes. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a. Those no, are cool shoes. Oh, thank you. Nobody's, I've never even shared this with anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I. When I left Second City, like mm -hmm. I, my dad was a blue collar guy who then became a business guy. Right. 
And when I left Second City, I was like, you know what I'm done with? I'm done with dress shoes. Okay. I'm done with them. And then um, I had a pair. I had a brown pair that I think were my grandfather's, like wingtips, heavy leather-soled wingtips, right? Nice. And the only suit I had was a gray-black suit, so they don't go right. at all. So every time I had a fancy dinner or something, I would sit in my closet and go, why didn't you get black shoes? Why don't you just get black shoes? Just get the black shoes. What are you doing? <laughs> and, and then uh, finally, and this, by the way, it's gone on. This is like Emmys. This is like sitting in that closet like, what are you, what are you doing? What, what has happened? And um, <laughs> then I have to buy my son a suit right. for something Whatever. and dress shoes, right? So I've been out of the dress shoe market for 15 years. <laughs> Shit's changed a little bit. Oh my God, it's totally changed. <laughs> Not even a little bit. I go, I go, and we're there, and the guy goes, well, let's see. And I'm thinking about how much they hurt and how much I don't like them and also emotionally what they mean. Right. And That's uh, it. It's emotionally oh, it's what they totally. mean. Yeah. But he goes, here are these, and he gives them to me, and they're very light. Right. They've got these soles. It feels like I'm wearing sneakers. Right. And they're for him, right? Right. So then, and I still didn't buy a pair for me, even though those were like, oh my God, those are great. My boy, who we started off talking about, yes. is taller than me. His, How tall is he? He's five, ten and a half, maybe five eleven. Now. Is he done? No, he's got gigantic hands and gigantic feet, so much so that he's passed me. Right. So when I had, I'm to also get just him, thinking about a, being a catcher. That's oh, all. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, but when he's passed me, mm -hmm. so when he outgrew those shoes and got new shoes, now I have shoes. But they're his old shoes. But I got them. You got hand me So I am ready. You got hand me -ups. I am ready to go to a function with shoes that match my suit. I'm right. ready to go. Right. I just need an invitation. Dude, <laughs> I, I got to tell you. Well, you know, you you like what you wear, and I'm surprised that. Oh, you, I do. You, you, like, you, you, you got a fashion sense. Thank you. And, and, and when you add the shoe to the factor, it, it changes everything. I know. It really does. But like, I, I, bought, I bought these shoes online. I bought them online. Yeah. I like them. They're really comfortable. Yeah. And uh, and you go, I like them. Now, they shoes. don't have laces. No, they don't have laces. And the I young don't... people don't wear the laces. I... I've seen it. Now, you have laces. Right. And you're also young. Right. So you're a throwback. I'm looking at Velcro any day now. Yeah. Yeah. You are. Today's my birthday. I know. And I'm, Now I'm, you're 70? I'm 70. That's I'm amazing. 70. Uh, you talked to Peter Burns. Pete Burns, one day <laughs> I was in uh, ETC. Uh, I was at, uh, he was directing our show in ETC. And I took a day off or something like that. And he goes, I'm glad David's not here. I just want to tell you. And this is, I was maybe 35. He said, um, he got the cast together and he said, I just want you guys to know, um, I saw David's driver's license and he's 45. And he and, and that, yeah, but to him it was like no, I wasn't forty five. Oh, he was lying to everybody. Oh my god! And so he made me forty five. Well, here's the the time that you were at Second City. What stopped you from being the guy who looked twenty years older than he was? Right. There was already that. There was already that. But guy. no, there was already that guy. Ron right. West was already yeah. there. Yeah. So you weren't that guy. No. And 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 I saw Ron. Ron's guest starring in a pilot that I'm helping out on, mm -hmm. and he's playing the principal of a school. Of course he is. And, uh, and we were in the room, and people were like, oh my god, that guy's great. And I go, yeah. And I go, you know the great thing about that guy is? That guy has been 50 <laughs> since he was 20. And they go, really? And I go, he was, my, he was my first director. And I said he spoke and looked exactly like he looked today. Right. And, and then we were laughing because uh, 
they said, well, tell us some stories about Ron, because uh, he did so good. And I said, well, when I saw Ron today, he did my favorite part of his personality, which is I haven't seen him in like three or four years, but when you run into him, he starts in the middle of a conversation oh, he, with you. Like he's like, so the, uh, so Peter, the Indians, their pitching coach. <laughs> and you're like, hi, <laughs> hello, how are you? What's been going on, what are you up to? But it's so great, because you love that about him. I know, he like, does the same thing with me with phone calls. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Or he'll call you up and go, um, and like, uh, I'll go, hello, and he'll, there'll be this long pause. Um, David. I was thinking, and it was like, do you remember that croquet, Alex? <laughs> no, I don't. I have no recollection. He always starts. He's the perfect human equivalent of a good improv scene. He starts in the middle. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> but now it's off-putting because I, I, I it, it takes you off guard. Right. And then that's it also, really interesting. It also, um, which is also interesting, right? Right. Right. Makes you not ask what's going on. Well, he does take you off guard. I, I wonder... think he cries alone a lot. I, I haven't thought about Ron, I'm thinking I should have him as a guest. Not that he's going to be crying alone. We're, no, we'll he cry might. together. He might. Um, but one thing about Ron is that is one focused motherfucker. Yeah. He is focused, and yeah. I think that, that like, there's a, the mind is constantly going and moving yes. and going. And I think a lot of people, I know I did, found it not just, off, I mean, say off-putting, it certainly was off-putting, but, um, but one of the, he, cold, Ron to be cold. Yeah, but I have seen Ron be very warm. I've seen Ron oh, be yeah, very connected. Oh yeah, me too. Me and, too. But there's certain people that won't be affected. That won't. That that where you go. He's cold, but Ron's a great director. Well, don't you think, having been removed from the organization for as long as we have, like, mm -hmm. it, it's really about forgiving yourself, and then other people, right? You gotta like, forgive yourself first. Right. You have to, and right. like. And I, and I, and I do, and I look at, you know, I, I'll give you a perfect example, and I'm going to tread the line because I don't want to talk about people really, but. Mm -hmm. um, well, just as examples, but. As examples, a, yeah. yeah, but yeah, not as specifics. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like somebody, somebody was um, inquiring to my wife about helping out a friend who has had a script reading and was going to do it. And then they were concerned, mm -hmm. and they were concerned because they're like, "Well, so and so, if they find out that I'm in it, then there's that situation between a click of this and that." Right. And like seven minutes into this, I was like, "Oh my lord, that still exists! Like, what?" Are we talking about the same thing? I think we probably yeah, are. Yeah. And I was like, I, "I don't even know where this starts and ends," but I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 "I guess all I took away from it was like, I'm glad that I've got a friendly, if arm's length, relationship." with all participants. I clearly understand that, and it goes back to how much am I willing to let that slop slide over on me? Because yeah. I can easily step away from that and not involve myself in this triangulation and make it just their duality. It's not it has nothing to do with me. No. But I understand, I look at that and go, oh, I, I can't talk to that person because that person won't, doesn't want me right. to talk to that person. And in a way, it's, it's the same sort of thing that happens in a, in a dictatorial government where you go, you can't talk about that, you can't see that person, and you right. can't get that person on and you. And you know, and just like a government, right. and just like an organization, I mean, I don't know if you know how deep what you say goes, because I think it often people act in ways that they perceive the person above them would like when that person isn't really on that page. Right. 
so many times, so many times people are like, well, in my line of work, people are like, well, so-and-so, when they come to the run-through, they're going to want to know about the ending again. And you're like, okay. And then they come and they have no questions about it. Right. And then your job becomes, I can't make eye contact with you because if I do, it's going to be to say, what the fuck <laughs> did you just waste my time for? Right? Right. And, and I think that even if that seed is there, it just gets built it's, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an, it's an exercise in existentialism. And I don't mean existential angst. I mean existentialism. I exist, you exist, you exist. That's it. Your shit is your shit. My shit is my shit. If I want to entangle myself with your shit, I will. But your statement is your statement. It's not my statement. Right. I can choose to go, oh. yeah, you're right, or not. Or not, but, but uh, isn't it... Uh, I'm skipping all over the place, but isn't it part and parcel with when we were younger, you could have political conversations with people you didn't agree with and they could end friendly. Right, right, right. They could end friendly. Right, right, right. You know, I gotta tell like, you. When you start talking about guns and everything, like, dude, oh dude, my lord, I grew somebody... up in Arizona. I have a very, very specific relationship with guns yep. that's probably more complicated than anyone would want. Right. To know about in right. 30 seconds. But you also, I mean, Arizona is like one of the, the stronghold, the, the, oh. the flashpoints. But there's somebody, of, there's somebody in the, the, the theater that, yeah. that said, look, I have guns. He posted it on Facebook. I know. And I go, and I'm, oh, oh, what am I going to do with that? Right, I like you so is, much. But I the like thing you is, so that's their much. choice. I know. I like him so much. And yeah. I go, oh, you, I like your wife. And I, do they have kids? Yeah. I don't know. They have kids. And yeah. I go, oh, oh, what am I going to do with that information? But, <laughs> but you know what I think? But I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually more, I'm more in that direction than people Which probably direction? think. Which direction? About how he feels. Oh, you're more in that direction. More, but right. my feeling is about responsibility right. and freedom of choice. Right. And, you know, I mean, I grew up where you were allowed to own a gun and you didn't need a permit as long as you openly carried it on your hip or in your hand. So <laughs> I would go to a swap meet as a child and see people drinking you know, the 44-ounce beer from the concession stand with their gun on their hip. Right. And I don't remember there being a lot of gunfights. Right. You know? Because, I guess. And, and, but, but there's responsibility. Right. There's, there's the kind of guns they make now that right. are very different. It's all very entangled. It's, it really is. And it gets entangled when we start looking at when my friends on Facebook go, look, I have a gun. And I'm going. And there was one guy that like had a photo of him with a with a with a fucking automatic rifle. Going, who's a macho man? I'm like, I don't know. Not you and click unfriend. That's it. We're done. We're done. We're finished. We're done. It's like, who's a macho man? Going. Oh no, 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 no. I can't. I want to stay friends with those people in case there is a race war. In case. Yeah. What do you mean in case? I'm not saying what side I'm going to be on. No, I know. I'm I get saying to vote. I get to vote a couple times. I get you, to go a couple ways. Well, that's why you go down to Compton with the kid in the yeah. baseball game. You go I just down want to make go, people remember understand. Me? Remember <laughs> Exactly. Joaquin. Um, exactly. Remember? Joaquin. His name's Joaquin. Yeah. Um, I met a Joaquin the other day um, in a class at I.O. And oh, he's the greatest. Oh, he took a bigger guy? No. Oh, there was a Joaquin no. that used to take classes at Bang. 
younger guy, a uh, shorter guy, uh, uh, his name is the greatest name that I have heard anybody have, aside from Joaquin Marietta, which is, you know. Pretty good. Um, Joaquin Ticonderoga. And that's his real name. Are you kidding me? Wow. Is he, uh, is he part of the pencil fortune? I've wondered that. We should ask him. I asked him if he did a number two. Huh? You want to see what I did there? Um, but Joaquin, Murray, Joaquin Marietta is a great name. Joaquin yeah. is a great name. Yeah, yeah. Now, Joaquin Marietta yes. found out that, because uh, he was looking on some high school baseball stats site, and found out there's another Joaquin Marietta at uh, Salesian High School in uh, East L.A. Uh-huh. And he's, in, he's a freshman. He's the same height and weight as Joaquin. <gasps> and he's on JV and he's not doing so good. Oh. And Joaquin is like, I don't want anybody to confuse us if they're looking. And, and he's like, but I'm pretty sure they'll be looking for me through the school or whatever. And he went and told his coach and his coach had the best reaction. He goes, sounds like someone was Googling himself. <laughs> uh, I get a phone call. Do you know Peter Gross? Uh-uh. Peter Gross, he's a he's a writer. He's Second City alumni. Okay. Um, Peter Gross is uh, yeah he he left after you there. Really great writer and mm -hmm. uh, uh, I like to believe I was briefly there, and briefly remembered. <laughs> fine, then that's what that's what I'll remember you. Um, but he calls me up on the phone. I was in L.A. He was in Chicago, and I'm from Chicago. My brother's from Chicago. My brother lives in Chicago. Yeah. And he said, "Listen, I know that you your." your brother went to high school uh, at this amount of time and, and this year and I went to and, and he goes I I was invited accidentally to your brother's high school reunion oh my god because he this Peter Gross that and we both have the same name and I'm gonna go as Peter Gross and I Did went he? I went I don't think you should do that and he said why I said Peter Gross died last week. Wow. <laughs> and, he, and he went, and Peter said, wow, um, okay, I'm really glad I called you. I said, okay. Yeah. All right, how's uh, Second City? He goes, great, good. Okay, talk to you later. Wow. <laughs> wow. I've had a couple people leave uh, lately. My friend Lester Lewis. Yeah, 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 yeah. He uh, <sighs> took a punched his ticket yeah yep Alan Kirschenbaum last year yes that was a big one yeah. both of those were big ones. yeah yeah both of those are big ones. yeah and you look and you go oh what how did that happen well yeah I don't know how that happened well I think but it, well, it's I just think a, I'm, a, I'm I'm just turned 46 mm -hmm. um, I think we're at an age where very few of us a couple people maybe we know but I would say very, very few of us are who we thought we would be when we were 25. I think the whole thing about expectation, we, I talk about that a lot in the right? show, is that expectation. But I we mean, all had it. I know. I mean, what was yours? When I, you really were did, I didn't have one. You really didn't? Well, this is what I... Because you felt very driven when you were back there. I was driven, but I was driven only, like, every day that I was at Second City, I thought, if it ended today, I'd be happy. 
If it ended today, okay. I'd be happy. And I remember but, but thinking... But did you have a, well, let me I'm going to be in movies, I'm going to well, be in this, no, I'm going to no, be in no. that, I'm going to be in that. And everybody that I knew had those, like so many people that I knew had those expectations. So I'm going, well, Carell had those, you know, Carell knew what he wanted to do. Uh, Jackie Hoffman knew what she wanted to do. Colbert knew what he wanted to do. Amy knew what she wanted to do. Amy Sedaris knew what he wanted to do. All that I knew was, all that I knew, and that's all that I know, is I want to make a difference in people's lives. However that turns out. Because sure. I came out here, and I remember meeting with you and... Aliza uh -huh. and talk about teaching. Yeah. We're at the we're at the farmers yeah. market. Yeah. And remember meeting with you and Aliza, and that's a, that was huge, Peter. That was a huge. That day was huge for me because it was like, okay, all right, uh, this is one thing that I could do out here was teach. And thinking, I don't have those other things that other people do have, and it worked. It whatever your expectations are, it works out. Yeah. In a way. In a way, but my, what I feel like what happened is, like my expectation, the reason I asked you what yours was, is mm -hmm. like, I remember very clearly, like I was gonna be Dennis Miller. Uh-huh, I, I, I could see that I was gonna be Dennis you. Miller, I was there. Thank God you didn't. And I was gonna, you know, uh, do Weekend Update, I was gonna, right. I didn't wanna be a sketch actor on that show, I was like, I'm gonna be the newsreader, I'm gonna do it. Um, Alex Bays wrote, news jokes for me in college. I did weekend update in my college group. Uh -huh. And uh, and that was my trajectory. Right. And, and so, you know, and even before that, I thought I would be, before Second City, I thought, oh, all I'll be in life is an English teacher at the high school level and hopefully, fingers crossed, a JV baseball coach. Mm -hmm. And you know, my trite answer when I do panels and talk about writing and shows is like, by that, by every stretch of my 17-year-old imagination, I'm a total failure, <laughs> right? I don't have a degree. I can't call tomorrow and teach English. I am not a JV baseball coach. Right. I did not turn out to be Dennis Miller. So right. I think, I think, however, talking about getting out of bed and tumbling out, like I'm relatively happy with where I'm at and there's things I still want to do that I feel like I haven't done yet. Right. Um, but I think for a lot of us of this age, we're having this struggle with like what we thought we'd be. I don't have it. Yeah. I really don't have it, but I understand that. Yeah, and I Especially, think that tortures people. I, I think it really does, but it's that idea of, 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 of how expectations can strangle you. And the sooner that, because to have intention is different than have an expectation. Yeah. Because an expectation is this tunnel, and intention seems to be more of a vista that you can look at and be drawn to wherever like, you're going to go. I couldn't possibly, as a 26 year old, Unentangle those two things. Absolutely, no way, but, no but, possible and way. And nobody could tell you that. You get to experience that, and then to watch people who who are at peace with whatever it is that they are at, and go, how did, and think, how did they get there? And watch them interact with themselves, and they go, oh, they're not berating themselves. Well, like right now, right now is a perfect example of like uh, testing myself. Right. My show that I was doing in Canada wrapped in July, and I came back, and I had a really productive selling season. I sold mm -hmm. two pilots to networks. Mm -hmm. And then I finished those in December and turned them in and the network said, thank you very much. We won't be shooting them, right? But here's your checks. Right. And my agents took me out, my manager for dinner, like what a great year we had. We did another season of a show. We sold two network projects. Right. Boy, 2013 is going to be great, right? And 
previously, when I would have a gap in work, I would get just wound up. Right. And I have been working really hard to not be wound up. Like, you know, to just enjoy, go to places. To be present. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at it. But I'd say once or twice a week, you get into a space where I'm like, geez, what if I don't work again? Right. And I'm looking at my house and my kids and my thing and my wife. And right. I'm like, you know, I got to go out and provide, but I'm enjoying. You know, like my, I have a, a dad on the team, Joaquin, had a game, uh, two games up in Bishop. And they were going up overnight. And... You know, somebody's like, are you going to go? And I was like, yeah, I'll go. And I went and got a hotel room in a different hotel because he's mm -hmm. having his high school experience. I don't want to be in the free breakfast area with him <laughs> and his friends, you know, like just a different place. But right. I'm going to go. And it was like a two-day jaunt. And I'm like, should I be in L.A.? Should I be reading pilot scripts? You should were thinking I be that or, or that, that came, that no, did come up? Right in the moment when they go, should you go? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. And then when we were driving up there, I had moments of right. like, should I be taking two days off? Right. Like, you don't have a job and you don't have necessarily prospects right now for one. Like, is this the right thing to do? Right. But I let that go. I'm getting better at letting that go and going, no, I'm going to go enjoy my boy and I'm going to come back and whatever happens, happens. But you still, I still it's feel a like it's a practice thing. And I feel like when I watch people talk, especially uh, uh, on podcasts and in life, you know, I don't want to come off as saying I figured it out because no. there's no, no way. But, the, no but the, when, way. when you say I figured it out, I think for me, this is what I figured out. It's a practice. Yeah. And that's the figuring that's it out. It. That's to go, it, yeah. I didn't get it. I, I, I'm not perfect at it. And that's great because it's just a practice. And right. those moments that you go, mm, that you start to get emotionally entangled, I think those are the moments that you get to practice your practice. Sure. And so we look at those opportunities as a blessing to be able sure. to go, okay, here's that opportunity. Yeah. I'm on the 405. I'm stuck on the 405. No, I'm not stuck on the 405. I'm on the 405. Yeah. I'm in my car. That I like. Yeah. It's air conditioned. Yeah. It's going to keep running. I don't have to worry about that's said for pure entertainment and emotional truths mm -hmm. I did to the chagrin of my young son um, I still have that old part of me um, a guy who is jogging wearing just running shorts and his sneakers and he had his iPod on mm -hmm. um, did he have a shirt on no shirt um, in our neighborhood here uh -huh. I was turning right to take Joaquin to a game and he was jogging, and I didn't see him. Fair enough. I, would already, I had already pulled partway out to check and see, right? So I saw him coming, and I didn't do anything to give him, like, whichever way you want to go around, right. go for it. Well, he wasn't happy, and so he took the way behind my car, but he banged my trunk hood to let me know that he was unhappy. Right. And I, this is only about three weeks ago, and I was like, hmm, <clears throat> we're early for practice. All right. So I made a right and came back down Oakwood oh. and got all the way to Van Ness and came down Van Ness. Oh. And sure enough, and it was Wait. just a gamble. What is, what, and Joaquin's in the car with you? Yeah. Oh. And, and it was just a gamble, right? I was like, oh, we'll see. It's a gamble. So I'm coming down Van Ness, and sure enough, he turns, and he's coming up Van Ness. Okay. So I stop. Uh-huh. I roll down the window. And I said, excuse me. And he stopped jogging. And uh, he took his earphones off. And I said, I'm sorry I was in your way. There's no reason for you to hit my car. And he 
like he was receiving. Right. And then when I gave him the second part of what I wanted to tell him, he was like, forget it. Like, he waved me off. What was like, the second part? The, you didn't have to hit my car. You didn't have to hit my car. Got it, got it. Waved got it. me off with a, it right. didn't flip me off, but waved me off right. angrily and then kept jogging. And in fact, he looked at his watch. What exactly happened, now that I remember, was I'm going to listen to you because I think maybe you're going to apologize to me. Right. But now you're telling me what I did wrong. Right. And then here's what I'm going to do very theatrically. Right. Is I'm going to look at my watch and decide that I need to keep my pace up. <laughs> And I'm going to wave you off and keep running. It's interesting because that that that's where fact comes in and truth goes away. Your your truth of being on this planet with somebody. It's like you know what, TikToky. I've got a fact to deal with. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about Do this. It. So I post all, and you and I are going to take a picture, and I post them online of the photographs that I take mm -hmm. of, of the pictures. These are my guests. Yes, 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 yes. So I posted one, and someone that we know made a big nose joke. Oh. And I'm like, really? Huh. Because I let it go. Okay. And then I posted one last week, and he made another big nose joke. Huh. And I went, that's totally out of the spirit of why I post it. Right. So I sent this guy, not on Facebook, but an, in a message saying, I really don't, the snarkiness is, is not very, you know. It's not helpful. I don't, I don't like it. And, yeah. and, and he sent me back something saying, where's your sense of humor? I was only joking. Oh. And one of those, I'm sorry if, you're, if, if, if your feelings are hurt. It was like, no, that's not going to work. And then I didn't take it off the Facebook, the Facebook, because I'm 95 years old. I know, that's right? I, to it. Yes. I didn't take it off the Facebook. And I watched, <laughs> and I watched other people like work around Play that, it? play yeah. around it. Yeah. Like George Went said, it's got a big nose, but you should see his dick. Like George sure. Went said that. Sure. And I'm going, okay, fine. And then he he posted something saying, I'm, I, I'm, I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry if you were injured by that. Um, I was only joking. Where's your sense of humor? I'm like, that's still don't. Yeah. Don't. Well. Don't. And then I talked to somebody who said, you are always telling people, me, I talked to um, my friend Laura. I said, she said, you were always telling people that's the feeling that you have, and like, I'm sorry that I'm sorry. It's not I'm sorry that you're feeling that way. I'm. It really is. I'm sorry that you're yeah. feeling that way. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want you to be upset. Right. But an apology is really an apology. And that guy, for me, slamming on the back of the door, it's like, yeah, on the back of your car, but yeah, I, I overreacted. I'm sorry, too. And at that moment, we get to be but he, at one But he couldn't. That. But he couldn't. But he couldn't because he his couldn't. ego got in the way. And, and, like, and Joaquin, mm -hmm. you know, is to me saying to me in the car, like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. and, and my response mm -hmm. to him is always like, you know what? It sounds crazy, and it's totally me. But like, I feel like there's certain activities people do in this world where their expectation, mm -hmm. forget intention, their expectation is right. no one will ever call me on it. And I said, I will occasionally be the guy that will call you on it. And I said, and I don't even care anymore. Like, we drive away, like, it's not even about me anymore. Right. I just hope the next time he does that, if it's a tenth of a second he considers it, I, I I'm it. happy. But that's also you running up the hill, protecting Dave and looking back that's and right. going, where's Dave? Where the hell's Dave, right? <laughs> oh, I know. It's totally that. But I feel like that's just who I am at this age no, of my I, life. No, I get it. You know? I totally get it. Elisa will often tell me, like, I go, oh, yeah. I go, to, I go to situations or games or whatever, and, like, uh, my, my new rule is, uh, is if it gets really chippy. What's chippy mean? Chippy uh, 
tight where like the crowd is on the team or on each other uh-huh. parents coaches you know the Joaquin school has a rival school and things get very intense mm-hmm. right and my new rule which I just made up I mean I didn't steal this from anybody but I'm very excited about it <laughs> my new rule is when it gets heated is I go sit in the other stands right and I don't do it to be peaceful. There's no Gandhi in it for me. I do it because I'm like, well, I'm gonna go continue to cheer for my school, but in your stands. <laughs> That's all. And, and, uh, and, and maybe we'll all behave a little bit better. I know I will. Like, right. I'm not gonna yell and scream about something bad that one of your team does, because I'm sitting in your stand. And it, it reminds me of being in Chicago and, and sitting at a Cubs game with the, with the Cardinals, you know, when the yes. Cardinals are playing. And you get to sit behind somebody who's a Cardinals fan and go, oh, what you guys doing now? What's happening? Yeah, what's going How'd that on? work out? How's that And then him to yeah. turn around and go, what you know, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, what is he swinging at? You're going, I don't yeah. know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, and like, know, well uh, Kurt, Kurt Schilling, the great, the great yeah. Kurt Schilling, uh-huh. uh, said something about uh, going into Yankee Stadium uh-huh. and winning. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "There's nothing greater in all of baseball than making 55,000 New Yorkers shut up, <laughs> right?" And like. <laughs> I went to my Clipper tickets. I went to the Laker Clipper game with mm-hmm. Joaquin on his mm-hmm. birthday Sunday. And, you know, I don't think the Lakers were close or the nine points the whole game. And, of mm-hmm. course, the beginning when the introductions happen, even though it's a Clipper home game, I mean, forget it. Lakers, you know, fans everywhere. And end of the game, though, very quiet, right? Right. Except for you. You're cheering because you guys won, you know. So I, I don't know. I think you, you get to that point in your life. But anyway, the new rule is if it gets really crazy, I go sit in the other stands. It right. makes me quieter and them a little quieter. You know? I love it. Um, but I, I, I don't... I was going to say something about, about the big nose thing. Like, um, I always feel like, and the feelings aside, like, I don't want to say I'm more forgiving if it's really incisive and funny. Right. Like, like for me, the reason I've never made a big nose joke to you is because my assumption is you've heard most of them. Yes. Like, I would only really want to do it if I felt like I would make you laugh right. because you had not heard it. Right. And yet you are the person with that nose, so I assume you've heard them. I, I, do you know yeah, what I mean? I so totally that's, so that's where my line is there. Like, like when you were talking about this person, and I don't want to know who it is, but I will tell you who I imagined it to be. Uh-huh because it made me laugh, is I was like, oh, I hope it's Pasquazy. Right. With his nose, <laughs> just like railing on you, and right. then going like, well, I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't even have a big nose. So like, in my mind, it was that, just That's for really fun. That's true. You know, and so like, to me, it's the equivalent of like, if you want to make a Mexican joke, go for it. Right. But I really hope it's fun and funny and right. new, because if it's not, I'm just going to go, well, right. Right. And that quicker. was one of the things, like, really, you're saying that? Because this guy is a... I mean, he's he, he he's big in the comedy world, and I feel not the comedy world, but certainly Second City in Chicago yeah. and and and, yeah. and over there. And to go, wow, you're you're way too old to make such a lame joke. You're just way too old right. to do that. And and you're right. If you're going to be creative about it, I will take it. Sure. Because it's like, wow, I never thought about that, or how lovely, or right. or even you know me well enough to make that joke. Right. Like if label makes it, it's like, okay, sure. fine, he can make that joke. Sure. But this guy can't make the joke. Yeah. But it's all about about your venue. Yeah. Know your venue. Yeah, dude. you know your venue. Know your it's very difficult to be sarcastic. It's very difficult oh, yeah. to be snarky on Facebook. Right, right. It's not the venue for it. No. 
Um, okay, well, I'm gonna stop there. All right. Oh, God, that was really fun. Good, I'm glad. Oh, yay. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.